Happy Halloween! If you're listening to this episode, the day it premieres, it's literal All Hallows Eve. (gasps) Happy Halloween! That's so exciting. Oh, my favorite day of the goddamn year. Happy Halloween, you guys. Hope you're feeling spooky. I hope you're listening to this episode, like, taking a walk through the autumn chilly air. Love. Yeah, that's my hope for you guys. Love, love, Yeah. Um, Nora... Is it okay with you if we start this episode out with um, an Irish Halloween blessing for our listeners? Sure. Okay. I looked one up online. Aww. Because <laughs> today's also Samhain. It's a pagan holiday. Um, all right. So here we go. <clears throat> At all hallows tide, may God keep you safe from goblin and puka and black-hearted stranger, mm. from harm of the water and hurt of the fire, from thorns of the bramble, from all other danger, from will-o'-the-wisp haunting the mire, from stumbles and tumbles and tricksters to vex you, may God in his mercy this week protect you. Ooh! Wait, what is a bramble? I think it's like a type of plant. Like it's like a like a thorny branch, I think. Mm. That's what I think a bramble is. Mm. So on this Halloween, we are discussing Halloween Town 2, colon, Calabar's Revenge. Yes! Oh my gosh. And as Love. we Yeah, it's such a good one. And as we talked about during our Halloween Town episode, I've seen this one way more than the original. And I love this movie. I loved it as a kid and I love it now. And yeah, I love it now too. I, I loved um rewatching it. I was I was nervous because I was a little disappointed by Halloween Town. I know. And I apologize, guys. I am sick getting over a a cold, so sorry for that. Um I I liked it a lot. I it kind of was better than I expected because Halloween Town made me a little nervous. So the sequel, this movie premiered on October 12th, 2001. And the Disney Plus description is a warlock with a devious plan has stripped Halloween Town of its magic. (laughs) (laughs) Love. Well, that's good that they made it more succinct because the first one was very long. A lot. Um, Nora, do you want to guess the Rotten Tomato score for Miss Halloween Town 2? Yeah, so I remember that the first one got an 80. So yeah. now I have a, a frame of reference. Um, I'm going to guess that it got an 85. So a lot of people are just uh, haters of sequels. And I think that's what happened here. Mm. It got a 62%. Oh my God. Yeah, no, I, I think sometimes people just don't like sequels. They have like... Uh, a vendetta against them. And it's like some sequels are good. Yeah. So grab like some apple cider or a pumpkin spice latte or something. Um, and we're going to begin the recap of Halloween Ooh. Town 2, Calabar's Revenge. So Halloween Town 2 begins with a little voiceover from Marnie. It's kind of like a previously on Halloween Town vibe. Um, Marnie's sort of recapping the plot of the first movie. Um, And she explains that her grandmother has told her that Halloween Town is always changing and she's missing it because she hasn't been back since the events of the first movie. And she's, you know, just daydreaming about Halloween Town. And she says, meanwhile, at our house, nothing has changed. Mm -hmm. And she reveals that her mom and her grandmother are fighting once again. They're at odds again. And Marnie is in her bedroom and she's on something called Ghoul Chat. Is that what it's called? Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. And it's like the oldest looking computer. And um, yeah, she's chatting with someone named Girl Power. 
spelled G R R L iconic and her name is half and half cuz a witch reference cuz she's half mortal half witch oh my god um and they're talking about this party that's happening downstairs and marnie is like talking about how she wants to avoid the party because her grandma and her mom are at odds and when Marnie's on this chat, like, the computer will, like, I guess when her friend responds, the computer, like, talks. Like, we hear this robot voice being like, what's going on at your party? I know, and I don't really understand. I'm like, is she chatting with someone from Halloween Town? Is that no, why it's called? I think called- it's, like, her friend. Then why is it called ghoul chat? That's a great question. <laughs> I didn't even catch that. And while Marnie is uh, in this chat room, we see on the wall behind her, like, a whole ass man's face i know what would you call like what this is a projection or like a i mean i don't know it's like basically like in the shadow cast by her lamp just like a face is yeah. is there yeah it does look like a projection but it's supposed to be like a magical yeah real face it's pretty scary it's really scary and marnie gets like an eerie feeling and she turns around to like see what's going on and when she turns around the face like disappears downstairs the cromwells are having a halloween party and this is like so fun it's the polar opposite of the first movie at their house on halloween where they weren't allowed to do anything now they're it's like filled with people and they're celebrating halloween and Aggie's there and it's great. And the brother Dylan is so much older in this movie. I know. He's so grown up. His voice dropped. And Marnie is about to head downstairs to the party and she uses magic to change her outfit. So she's now wearing a witch's hat and like a cool robe with a moon on it. Yep. And downstairs at the party, Aggie is uh, helping the neighborhood kids uh, dress up and she's pulling like witch's brooms and things out of her bottomless bag Mm -hmm. that we saw in the first film. Um, And yeah, like we mentioned, even though Gwen and Aggie made up at the end of the first movie, there's tension between them again. And Gwen is like, first you turn my own kids against me and now you're corrupting half the neighborhood. And it's like, by giving them witches brooms on Halloween. I know. I thought that um, Gwen had come around a little bit to Halloween and magic, but I guess not. It's kind of giving like high school musical where Sharpay, like at the end of every movie, learns her lesson and then is immediately evil again. I know, I know. Yeah. So Aggie and Gwen are kind of beefing, and Aggie says, like, you know what, Gwen, just because you have like renounced your heritage, you know, Marnie is going to be the one to take my place as head of the Cromwell line. And then Gwen like takes away the neighborhood kids' costumes and she's like, go bob for apples instead. It's like, why are you having a Halloween well, party if you're like. But. They do say this in front of multiple <laughs> neighborhood children. I'm like, true. aren't you guys concerned? Like, is that the best place in time? Yeah, that's true. She's not really being discreet at all. No. <laughs> the mom and grandmother are annoyed at each other and they storm off in opposite directions. And Sophie, who's dressed like a little cowgirl, uh, she says to Marnie, I'll take grandma, meaning like I'll go you know, cheer grandma up, you Mm -hmm. take mom. So yeah, Marnie reluctantly is like, fine, I'll take mom. So we see Aggie in her amazing, magical, witchy bedroom. Mm -hmm. There's candles everywhere. She has one of those cool wooden doors that's like round, you know, like rounded at the top. Her room is amazing. She looks like she should be in Architectural Digest. Like it's such a vibe. Um, I loved her space. It's gorgeous. Gorgeous. And she's uh, looking into like a crystal ball type thing to see what's going on in Halloween Town. And in the crystal ball, she sees uh, two of her friends. Well, Astrid is her friend. The other guy, Gort, is not so much a friend. Wait, so his name is Gort? Yes, I thought it was Gorp when I was little, didn't you? I thought it was Gord. 
Oh, okay. So funny because like, so it's Gort. Gort with a T. Yeah. All right. All right. No, because like at the beginning, my notes were like Gorp, Gorp. And then later in the movie, they like pronounce it better. I'm like, wait, his name is Gort. I always thought it was Gord. He's whatever you want him to be. So true, guys. (laughs) So, yeah, she's looking in her little crystal ball thing, and Sophie comes in, and she's looking at the crystal ball, too, and she's like, oh, Grandma, that's Gort, right? And Aggie explains that everything that gets lost in the universe ends up at Gort's house, Mm -hmm. so that, you know, that missing sock or the last piece of the jigsaw puzzle that you can't find, it's at Gort's house. And then, so Sophie asks Aggie like why don't you go back to Halloween Town like you clearly miss it like the portals open tonight like why don't you go back and Aggie is kind of like well going back for a few hours after all this time is harder than not going back at all she's kind of like I'll go next year and she says that next year the plan is for Marnie to come with her and stay for the entire year in Halloween Town. Which is, that might feel, because time is so different in Halloween Town, that could feel like a century to Marnie. That's they later crazy. say, like, a year is not a year in Halloween Town. And then she's like, says to Sophie, like, Marnie is basically going to have to choose really soon, like, which world she lives in. Like, yes, she can always do what I do and visit once a year, but like, she's really going to have to make a choice. Like, am I Halloween Town girly mm-hmm. or a Mortal Worlds girly? Yeah. Um, and they also see Luke the Goblin in the crystal ball from the first movie. And we mentioned this in the last episode, but yeah, he's like cute now. Yeah, no, he is. He has like a cool kind of like reddish afro yeah and he looks like he's wearing like a ski jacket I like know. he's not wearing like a a mystical outfit he's kind of giving like sean white vibes yeah he looks like he's about to like hit the slopes yeah he looks cool <laughs> and then sophie does her creepy somebody's coming thing yeah and when they leave aggie's room um sophie reminds aggie she's like grandma when we have guests over you're supposed to like hide your door because it looks so out of place and they're like you know, very normal suburban house. So basically they like wave their hand towards the wall and the door disappears. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, downstairs, we see Marnie talking to her mom and she's like, mom, like you said your kids are all turning against you. Like, no, we're not turning against you. No, yeah. She's like, but I am a witch and like I have to, you know, I have to be a witch because I am. And Gwen is like, well, Marnie, I want to teach you the things that I know too. You know, nothing is worth anything if you can just get it for free if you can just poof anything you want and she's mm-hmm. like that's what your dad taught me mm-hmm. and uh then this is really intense she's like marnie you know if you go to halloween town for a whole year you're gonna be a stranger in this world i know that. i'm like it's i understand the time thing but i'm like ultimately it's a year abroad like the mortal world won't miss her that much they'll be I like know. oh marnie you did a gap year so i'm like yeah she can come back i also am so confused because so it will marnie never die I am so unclear on this. I mean, okay, I'm bringing in some like Dungeons and Dragons lore, but like thinking of like half elves because elves live really long. Mm. Half elves live like between a human and an elf lifespan. So it could be like that. Yeah, like I feel like she'll live longer than a human. Will Gwen ever die? Well, I think I don't think they're immortal. I honestly just think they have really long lifespans. That's kind of my interpretation of it, but I could be wrong. Will Gwen live hundreds of years? Maybe. Or do you only not... Maybe only in Halloween yeah. time because time is different there. Yeah, maybe that's why. That's probably why. I was also wondering, like, 
Did Aggie have Gwen when she was hundreds of years old? Probably. Or is Gwen hundreds of years old? Yo, these are was, the questions. Was Gwen there for like the 17th century? Yo, that's a great question. I really want to know. Something to think about. Halloween Town writers, reach out to us. Yeah, let us let us know because that's really interesting. Yeah, because I wonder if it's like because like Aggie obviously like looks old i wonder yeah. if it's like it just like takes a long time to get to that age i know and they don't really explain that i know so marnie and gwen are having this chat in the kitchen and then enter cal yes yeah, so enter this like spunky little teen he's got very, very arched eyebrows like yeah. very plucked he's wearing like a black leather jacket like all black mm-hmm. he kind of looks like he's about to go to like a go see for calvin klein in the 90s <laughs> yeah he does um <laughs> um he looks chic and Marnie is immediately like... She's undressing him with her yeah. eyes. She's like, okay, who is this hot stranger? She is going for it. She's obsessed. And <laughs> Cal is like right away... So, oh, actually, though, this moment is so sweet when you think about it because that is her... In real life, that's her fiancé. Like, these actors... I know. So I- Actually, so sweet. It's like yeah, cute for to people see this moment. that didn't listen to Halloween Town. Which, what are you doing? What are you doing? But um, Marnie, the actress, and Cal, the actor, are now like together. And they said they didn't have chemistry filming this, and they reconnected later. It's so cute. Yeah. So Cal enters the room with his dad, Alex, who is a British man. And Alex and Cal are. Was he British or was he Australian? Oh, I don't know. I'm not confident. I couldn't place his accent. Something like that. Okay. And they're explaining, like, we just moved to the neighborhood and we heard that you were having this party. So, like, we thought we had we would drop by. Um, and Gwen clearly is into Alex. Mm-hmm. So, it's kind of like a Gossip Girl dynamic where it's, like, I know. mother and daughter liking the father and son. I know. And um, Cal says to Marnie, if all witches were as pretty as you, they'd have a better reputation. Which he says that to her in front of her mom and his dad. He is so forward. Yeah, he's so forward. And he's immediately just like so comfortable with her and so confident. I know. He's like red flags before we even find out more about him. I completely agree. Yeah. And so when he says that thing to Marnie about witches and being pretty, it takes Marnie a second to like remember she's wearing a witch's hat. And at first she's like a little like taken aback. She's like, how did you know it's a witch? (laughs) And then she's like, oh, thanks. Um, And Alex hands Gwen two huge tubs of ice cream and he's like I brought these for the party and he says I hope you like lime green's my favorite color hmm hmm take note of that yeah and then Gwen awkwardly asks Alex she's like oh is the rest of your family coming too trying to suss out if he has a wife and Alex Mm -hmm. is like oh it's just me and Cal and she's like noted Hmm. and then this is so bold of Cal he's like maybe I could get a tour of your house it's like yeah, no, he's very bold. Pretty privilege. Leather jacket privilege. I know. I know. A girl's automatically like, oh my God, he's so mysterious. I know. I know. The Jess effect for our Gilmore Girls fans. Oh my God. He kind of does have Jess energy. He does. Yeah. yeah. Just overconfident and like moody. Um, and meanwhile, we see Dylan at the party asking, uh, I think she's like a friend of Marnie's, uh, this girl, Cindy, mm-hmm. uh, if she has a date to the costume party that's happening at the high school later tonight. And Cindy's super mean to him. Yeah, she's extremely mean. But she does give us some exposition. She's like, because she's like, Dylan, you don't even have a costume. Like, why would I go with you? And she tells us that the most disgusting costume at the party is going to get a prize. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Dylan says, might that prize be a kiss? And she says, that's disgusting. So Ouch. mean. Ouch. Dylan is, like, cute. 
I know. And it's like, even there's a nicer way to reject him. Be like, I'm going with my friends. I know. That's disgusting. Way That's harsh. hard to recover from. So Marnie is giving Cal the tour he requested and she brings him up to her bedroom Mm -hmm. and he's clearly like unimpressed. And he says, usually people's room looks like that. It's so rude. It's like you're just meeting her. And then he tries to like flirt about it. He's like, well, yeah, like your room just is ordinary and you're not like you strike me as unconventional. You don't know her. I know. He just met her. If a boy you met 10 minutes ago is already like, you're so interesting and complex. It's like, that's a red flag because he doesn't know you. He's projecting. Yeah. And then Marnie is like, oh, well, yeah, my mom likes ordinary. So my room is ordinary. And then he goes, oh, she's the boss, huh? It's like, she's I know a minor. Like, it's so rude and disrespectful. I know. I hate it. Um, But then Marnie is like feeling insecure about this. Yeah. And so she's like, well, okay, there is something cool I can show you. Mm -hmm. Even though she's not supposed to do this. No. She does uh, decide to bring him into her grandmother's room, which is obviously super unconventional and cool. So Cal is super impressed by this room. But of course, he does the thing where he's like, oh, does she do it like this every Halloween? Mm -hmm. Marnie's like, yeah. uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Just on Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, wow. So like, she must be really into the whole like witch thing. And Marnie's like, yeah. And he starts like asking her all these questions about witches and he reveals that he knows that male witches are called warlocks. Mm -hmm. So Marnie's like, hmm, you know a little yourself. And then he spots uh, Aggie's spell book. He's like, oh, cool. Is this a spell book? And she's like, no. And then he's like, come on, let me touch the book. Right. Because he's still doing the thing of like, it's just pretend, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's just like, why? Like, it's not like it's real. And then he backs off because she's clearly not into it. And he's like, okay, fine. Like, let's go get some ice cream downstairs. Like, let's go. And then she goes to leave. And he uses his warlock magic to shrink the spell book down to pocket size. And he puts it in his little pocket like a freaking warlock. Yeah. And he was acting like he wasn't a warlock. When he was. So The true. whole time. <gasps> It is a spooky image when he does that. You're like, I know. Ah, it's scary. I loved this like whole opening when I was a kid so I know. much. If I had the power to shrink things down to mini size, I would do it with everything. I would make my whole apartment mini. I know. And carry it around. And then Drummond uh, would be like, I can't go home. And I'd be like, sorry, it's my sorry, pocket. But look how cute though. Look how cute. But isn't I would it shrink cute? him down too. Oh, yeah. Shrink both down. Uh, don't have to pay rent. Oh. You can just like hang You can out. live anywhere. Oh my God. Yeah. Talk about a tiny house. I know. So... Downstairs, Gwen and Alex are serving ice cream together to the kids at the party. And Cal and Marnie are back downstairs. And Cal asks Marnie if she wants to go to the Halloween dance later. Mm -hmm. And she's like, yeah, I really do. And he turns to leave. He's like, I'll see you later. But first, he turns around and offers her a single red rose. And I'll say this. It's a familiar image. I'll say this. If you've seen Halloween Town... It's a familiar image. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then he says, meeting you is everything I hoped it would be, which is kind of sinister because oh. it's like, what did you hope? You, like, I know. You barely know me. You don't know her. Oh, God. Sinister. So Sophie and Aggie are together walking through the party and we see Aggie say to Sophie, I don't see anyone. So it's kind of this foreshadowing thing of like, yeah, Sophie knew someone bad was coming and yep. they, they don't know who, but Sophie got a bad feeling about somebody here. Hint, yeah. Hint. And then we see Cal walking outside by the Halloween Town bus stop. 
and he says a spell, a really creepy sounding spell. I know. That was clearly like recorded in post, like it doesn't quite match up. Yeah, yeah. And the wind blows and there's a burst of light. Now I did uh, learn something about this moment from an interview that Daniel Koontz, who plays Cal, did. So he said that the script didn't have a spell. It just said, Cal says a spell and walks through the portal. And he just assumed, <laughs> as I would have, that they would like give him a spell. Uh-huh. But 15 minutes before they shot this scene, the director was like, hey, Daniel, do you have your spell ready? And he panicked and he was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And because he was like nervous and he felt like bad for being unprepared. So what? he just ended up reciting a line from a German song he learned in high school choir. And they were like, that's perfect. <gasps> Oh my God, phoning it in. Um, that's crazy that they would expect him to come up with a spell. Like, I you know. write it. You write it, writer. I know. Like, he's the actor. He's also, what, 16? He's probably really young in this. Yeah. yeah. I think that's so funny. But I'm like, good on him for just being like, yeah. Oh, and right. it sounded creepy. I mean, it, uh, the actor that plays Cal is like a, a good actor. I thought he slayed. He slayed. I really think he did such a good job. He was so creepy. Genuinely. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then to, is what he does in this point is close the portal. This might be honestly when he uh, does the gray spell, which we're oh, gonna learn about. Okay, I think that, or maybe what he does to make Aggie because he messes with her back. Like yeah. this might be that. We'll, okay. we'll get to it. But I was a little bit unclear about what the spell, but that makes sense. Yeah, he's doing something nefarious. So cut back to the house, and Aggie is like, "Oh, I have um." Presents for all the kids in my bag. If you remember her bag from the first movie, it it's bottomless. Is bottomless. Um, so she's reaching into her bag to pull out the gifts, and guess what? It's empty. And she's like, the bag, I guess, is connected to her home in Halloween Town. So when she reaches into it, she'll like reach into her home yeah. in Halloween Town. Um, but the bag, for the first time ever in centuries is empty <laughs> and she's like that's not normal yeah so she has no presents for the kids one kid is like just my luck i know he's so cute um and this is concerning because why is there yeah. nothing in the bag it's really concerning and she's like okay maybe i'm just gonna pop back really quick to my house and just kind of check it out see what's up and sophie's like i want to go i want to go and marnie's like sophie mom already put the foot down like none of us are going to halloween town tonight we're not allowed and aggie's like oh dear i'll, I'll persuade her so we see uh gwen and alex hitting it off and there's a nice uh foreshadowing line here mm. um i don't want to give too much away but alex says something to gwen about like yeah what we're made of which mm. is a foreshadowing line i'll i'll tie it up later interesting so yeah gwen and alex are talking and aggie runs up to her like hi dear i'm just gonna take the girls out really quick and the mom because she's like i don't know enjoying flirting is like of course mom sounds good and then she's like wait out where and um aggie's like oh just home for a bit (laughs) and gwen's like it's hard because she doesn't want to say too much in front of alex so it's the if you ever want to get what you want like if you are a child listening and you want to um, have a sleepover, you always have to approach your mom when she's around other adults. Right. And say, can I have a sleepover? Because she can't be that mean in front of other adults. Um, so she is kind of like, okay, but only for a little bit. And she ends up, uh, she does grab Sophie and she's like, Sophie's going to yeah. stay here with me. Mm-hmm. But she is like getting a lot more lenient with Marnie as Marnie grows up. She is like, fine, yeah. Marnie can go, but be back soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and poor Sophie, because then Gwen is like, Sophie, you actually need to go get ready for bed. Oh, that fills me with such a sense of dread. When you're the youngest kid and you're like, 
Well, I have to go to bed. Like, they're staying up. Like, it's so annoying. Although, I'll say this. My bedtime was way more strictly enforced than yours. <laughs> I know. And when you're the youngest, like, I would just, I feel like mom would just be like, okay. Because she like, would feel bad because she's like, well, yeah, everyone else is up. Or, like, I, I remember when we were really little, like, mom would read you a bedtime story and then come to read me mine. And you'd be like, but I want to hear Sarah's too. And I'd be like, no. And mom would be like, okay, because you were cute. And I was like, ugh. I hated it. I know, yeah. <laughs> it's but, so true. But no, it going to bed is devastating when you're little. Yeah, it's so boring. Miss, you the FOMO. It's like you don't know the word FOMO when you're a child, especially in the I early know. 2000s. When but, you're up in bed and you can hear like a party downstairs. Oh, oh the worst. Devastating. So yeah, Marnie is in fact going to go to Halloween Town with, with Aggie. And Aggie tells Dylan, she's like, if your mom needs to get in touch with us while we're there, she can call me on my headphone. Mm-hmm. And she pulls out two little shrunken heads. They look plastic. One is blue and one is red. And Aww. they have glowing eyes and little tufts of hair. I want one. They're so cute. And she reveals that you can use these to communicate between the worlds. Which, which remember in the first one, that wasn't a thing yet. They couldn't, they, they hadn't figured out uh, interdimensional communication. Yeah. So I guess within the last couple of years now they have it well aggie said that she invented it herself so maybe dylan she was like huh good point dylan when dylan said like can't we just call her yeah and he was like hmm and it does kind of make sense because like aggie they say necessity is the mother of invention mm-hmm. and aggie does now like really like want to talk to her peeps now yeah. that she's in the mortal world yeah she didn't care to talk to her family but she misses <laughs> her homies in halloween town fair so she fair. invented these headphones Aww. and then marnie tells dylan like we're gonna be back in an hour because i have a date mm-hmm. so don't worry so uh aggie and marnie head to the bus stop but the bus stop isn't there nope so marnie's like don't worry i'll summon the bus myself and in this part i knew she was speaking latin because nora and uh-huh. i both took latin in so what is it like okay it's- i did a whole thing so this is what she says she says Gestum ex alias mundus noste appello ut aduco damus. So I knew some of the words. I was like, okay, mundus, that's world. Mm-hmm. Damus, I was like, I think that's give. And then appello is like call upon. Uh-huh. So I was like, that actually does sound like she's saying something real. But okay, I literally put it like I transcribed it and put it into but- Google Translate. Latin on Google Translate no, is a fucking mess. No, I know. So this is what Google Translate said. I call you a gesture from another world that we give as a leader. But I think it's something like, because a gestum has like a couple definitions. I think it's just kind of like like something out of another world we call you to lead us. So but, it kind of makes sense. But, it's like we call upon this thing to bring us to another what world. what doesn't make sense is that some spells are in Latin. Some spells are in English. Some spells are in uh, Welsh. Welsh. Like what? Well, no, I actually think that does make sense because I think both Latin and Welsh, like Latin has this like, you know, just like yeah. ancient potent thing and like uh it's kind of associated with like the devil sometimes mm. like that's what like people always speak when they're like possessed in scary movies well, but welsh I, is like there's a strong pagan tradition i of just feel like choose one like yeah, in I'm harry not, like yeah. in harry potter they chose latin yeah in buffy they chose latin just choose welsh yeah Halloween okay Town. i'm with you there and they even have some german in this one and some english yeah true you're right so it's a bit much okay you're right it's a bit much it's a bit if you live in halloween town you need to know like seven languages Ooh, i kind of like that yeah yeah so even though marnie is speaking this latin phrase the bus won't come she tries it twice mm-hmm. so that's kind of mysterious too so they're like i guess we just have to call up the portal ourselves 
And yeah, Nora's right. This part they use English to call mm-hmm. up the portal. Yep. And they say, From the mortal world depart we now. On this the night all Hallow's Eve, back into Halloween town. Through the portal we take our leave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine with it. It's a good spell. It is a good spell. Yeah. Right, compared to Twitches. I know. Do, like, door open in Twitches. <laughs> Seriously. I'm like, no way, guys. Uh. So, yeah, a very cheesy-looking uh, stone archway appears, yep. and they walk through it. Mm-hmm. And they announce that they have four hours left until midnight. Yep. And that's their cutoff for when they have to be back or the portal will close. Yep. And it's only open on Halloween night. Yep. So back at the uh, Cromwell Mortal House, Alex is telling Gwen, has anyone ever told you you have the most beautiful green eyes? They're like lily pads. Yep. And his mentions of green, keep note, Lily, pa- yeah, he's obsessed with green. And Gwen, um, I love it because she just laughs at him. She's like, she's like, it's a bit much. Yeah, and yeah, it is. But she is complimenting someone on their eyes. It's like so phony. It's like everyone has pretty eyes. Like, yeah, that's not enough. the most interesting part of a woman. Yeah, come on. I also just think that men, they don't even have to be looking in your eyes when they say that because they just know it gets you. And uh, then he asks Gwen if she'll go to the Halloween dance with him tonight. And she's like, that's like for kids. <laughs> it's so weird that they go to this. I, when I was little, thought this was a party for the community. So yeah. I thought there was adults there and children. No, it's a high school dance. Cal isn't even enrolled in school yet. None of Gwen's kids go to the dance. You're right. And they go. And I'm like, is your town that boring that that's the only thing going on? (laughs) Take her to dinner. But that's what's so sad. Like, I think about this all the time, like being from Saratoga Springs, like, it's a it's a lit town. Like I know there's a lot of there's nightlife. a lot to do. A and lot I, of restaurants. Yeah, like bars. it blew my mind. Like when I got to college and all my friends were like, "Oh, like past nine p.m. There's nowhere to go in my town." I was like, "That's insane." I know. So I guess that's their town. They yeah. have to go to the high school dance. Alex is literally like, "Well, they probably could always use more chaperones." It's like your son is not enrolled in school yet. Like that should be illegal. It's like that's not safe. They could be scary, which one of them is. Yep. But um, Gwen's down. She's, she's like, so Let's down. Go. She's like, I'm feeling it. And then, so Alex is like, great. And then he goes to leave. And on his way out, he bumps into Dylan. And Dylan's like, hey. And then Alex like ribbits. Like he's like, you can hear like a ribbit in his throat. And Dylan's like, that's weird. And then Alex disappears. And Dylan looks down at the floor and there's a frog. Yeah. So this is a little bit like, is this man a frog? It's like kind of a red flag, ladies. <laughs> so if you're tending this guy and you hear him ribbit and then he disappears and then you look down, he's a frog. <laughs> I would say maybe don't go out with him. Maybe skip the school dance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Marnie and Aggie get to Halloween Town. They're all excited to be there, but everything around them, gray. Gray. And the jack-o'-lantern that normally sits in the middle of the town square is gone. Mm-hmm. And in its place is just like this creepy brick gray square. And Aggie sees uh, her friend Astrid, who she saw previously on that uh, witch's glass thing, like the crystal ball. And she's like, oh, Astrid looks really different. She's turning gray and she's speaking in this like really boring monotone. And before their eyes, Astrid's uh, really like fun, funky orange shoes turn to ugly gray ones. And she says, these are very comfortable. Sensible shoes are important. I think I'll buy some more. (laughs) She's really boring now and she used to be really fun. Um, And then Luke, who like from the first movie bumps into Aggie. He's gray except for an orange stripe on his jacket. Yeah. And I'll say it. He looks hot. Well, because he looks human right now. 
Oh, I'm, that's so me. But he's I thought, still hot as I a thought goblin, he looked though. hot as a goblin too. Yeah. Um, he's a, the actor's cute. For yeah. Sure. Um, and he keeps becoming more and more gray as they're talking to him. Like eventually, his orange jacket becomes gray. He become he looks like. He changes into like business casual. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh Marty's like, Why are you turning gray? And he's like, Everybody's doing it. I love that line. <laughs> I think it's so funny. Um, and then Aggie finds out that there must be a spell. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, I think this spell is turning people gray and into humans. And Marnie says, Humans aren't this boring. And then Aggie's <laughs> like, No, but like this is kind of like our caricature of humans. I loved that. Yeah. That they're just like dry and boring. And here's the thing a lot of humans are boring. Yeah. It's true. I'll All say they want to talk about is work and like what subway they take. Great. They're like, What do you do? I know. I'm like, why don't you say like, something? Why don't you like tell me about a time you've seen a ghost? Yeah, I'd like much rather a little more talk about something a little more whimsical. Yeah, but Aggie is like, you know, I actually think that this spell might be something that I have in my spell book. Like, it seems kind of familiar to me. And I guess she reveals that the way to undo spells is just to say them backwards. Yeah. So she's like, if we can find the spell, we can undo it. Um, and so they use the headphones to call Dylan, and they're like, "Hey, can you uh, find something for us in Aggie's spell book?" Yeah. And he's being really difficult. He's like, I'm busy, which it's like, no, you're not, Dylan. And then Marnie says, Dylan, just do it or I'll spam your diary all over the net. <laughs> the net. And, <laughs> and Dylan's like, well, you don't know my password. And then she says, want to bet iron buns? Why is his password iron buns? I don't know. That and makes he's like, no sense. Oh, oh, why would you make your password something humiliating? Something humiliating. Um, and then Dylan, of course, doesn't want everyone on the net to know his password is <laughs> Iron Buns. And to read his diary. So, yeah. So he's like, okay, I'll do it. Um, and then Aggie is laughing about Iron Buns. She's like, ha, 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 Iron Buns. So weird. <laughs> Where did he come up with that? Maybe it's uh, a nod to his uh, butt cheeks in the first movie when he's wearing that uh, Viking costume. Maybe. His rock I hard thought it, butt yeah, cheeks. Maybe it's just like some reference to having rock hard butt cheeks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so sophie uh magically you know conjures up their grandma's bedroom door for dylan and he goes into the grandmother's room and he's like guys i don't see the spell book and they're like dylan what the hell it's there just look harder but then aggie is like well did anyone go into my room while i was down at the party and then marnie gets a guilty look on her face and she's like well yeah i was in there really quick and then aggie's like with anyone and she's like yeah, with this guy. Mm -hmm. And uh, Aggie's like, what the hell? And she's like, obviously really frustrated and scared. And she says, we're going to go back and have a talk with Marnie's new friend. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. And Marnie feels bad, but she's like already defending Cal. She's like, grandma, he wouldn't steal anything. He's really sweet. And the thing is, like, he wasn't even sweet. Not at all. He was just cool wearing a leather jacket. So Marnie and Aggie are trying to go back to the mortal world to look for the spell book, figure this out. But they try to go back through the portal and it's sealed. Mm. And Aggie's like, oh, my God, this was a trap. Like somebody probably cast a spell to make my bag bottomless, like knowing that I would come back here and knowing that I would get trapped here. Mm -hmm. And then they hear this voice say, very good, Aggie. You're keeping up nicely. I know. And Cal's face, which 
Also, it was Cal's face at the beginning on the wall of Marnie's room. He is, his face is in the gray brick thing where the jack-o'-lantern used to be. And it's a seriously scary image. It seriously is scary. I remember it really scared me when I was little. And I was like, I bet watching now I won't be scared. And I was still like, oh God. And he looks like himself, but like a way older version. Yeah. He just looks really scary. I think it's because he's like, looks like stone. It's, it's. It literally, like, gives me such an uneasy feeling. You know, it's frightening. And especially because everything else around him is gray, too. Like, the sky is I so know. gray. It is scary. And Marnie is like, you cast the spell, Cal? And he's like, yeah, just the way Aggie wrote it. And then he calls Aggie, you naughty girl. Well, I think he calls Marnie a naughty girl for, like, giving him the book. Oh, okay, wait. But it's still, but it's still like, you. I know, it's like, you're calling her a naughty girl. And in front of her grandma? Have I know, some I, respect. I felt like it was inappropriate. Yeah, you naughty girl, he says. Oh, I know. And there's a camera angle where it's like down really like below, like looking up at his face from below. And it's just so scary. It is. Um, And Marnie is like, okay, so you tricked me. Like mm-hmm. you, everything you said to me was just a trick to get the book. And then he's like, no, I could have gotten the book anytime. And then he goes, see, I wanted you to show it to me because you felt something between us and you did. Psychotic. It's literal psychopath behavior. Oh my God. It's really, uh, and then, but I do kind of, it's so funny too, because when I was a kid watching this, I felt like, how could he do this to her? Like, I felt like they had so much history and it's like they met once. I know, I know. It's like they have no history. And then Marnie has this uh, epiphany. She remembers Cal handing her the rose and it rem- like triggers this memory of when she saw Calabar give her mom a rose yep. in Halloween Town 1. And she's like, wait, Cal, Cal, you are Calabar's son. Yes. Yeah. And it's like, <gasps> And <gasps> it's a big reveal. It's a big reveal. And Aggie is like, wait, I didn't know Calabar had a child. I know. And he's like, he didn't want ever anyone to know. It's like, okay, daddy issues. I know. It's like, okay, backstory. And then um, Calabar, or not Calabar, Calabar's son is like, me and my dad didn't always agree, but we did agree on one thing. The Cromwells should not dominate Halloween Town. Yeah. And Aggie's like, what are you talking about? Like, we don't dominate anyone. And he's like, then why'd you let the humans take over the mortal world while we had to hide like rats in another dimension? He's got a Again, point. I agree with the thought. He's got a point. Yeah. I, I would say that Halloween Town, it's not crystal clear who the villain is. No, <laughs> literally. It's like if he was going like if he was going about it a different way where he wasn't using evil to get his point across but maybe he was just like running for mayor on a platform of like let's rejoin the humans like i don't think who the villain is would be clear no and it kind of like does make sense where it's like the people that are more like in power are able to be like look at this radical and it's like he has a point but he is also he has a point yeah um and cal is so angry because he's like when my father tried to stand up to you guys like you destroyed him which is true Mm -hmm. and marnie's like Okay, so this is just all about revenge. Like, duh, Marnie. I know, Marnie's duh. a little slow she's on the a, uptake. She's a little bit slow, this movie. Like, Well, one of my favorite parts about this movie <laughs> is, like, throughout the film when she's talking to Calabar, she'll be like, Cal, I, like, go to the dance with you, fat chance. It's like, Marnie, I think he's a little, like, beyond that. I That's know. not really his motive. She'll be like, I'm never again liking you, Cal. And it's, it's like, like, let's hope so. Yeah. It's like, Marnie, yeah. he has bigger like priorities than going on a date with you. Like he did yeah. that as a ploy. I know. It's so funny. And then Cal is really creepily like, 
Marnie, I can show you things Aggie couldn't teach you in a million years because he's such a dark wizard. And then he reveals that the gray spell, which he just cast, is is just the first act and the finale will come at midnight in the mortal world. Yeah. And then his face vanishes. And before he leaves, he says, catch you later. (laughs) Why? It's like so creepy up until that point. And then he's... Catch you later. Yeah, they couldn't have given him a better parting word. I know. So Aggie's freaking out and she's like, we need to go to my house because I actually do have another copy of that spell book. So she whistles for a cab and Benny, the skeleton cab driver from the first movie comes, but he's had the gray spell put on him. So he's not a skeleton. He's a human. And if you'll remember when he was a skeleton, he was sort of like a wise cracking jokester. Now he's very boring and he's very slow. He drives super slowly. Yep. So they um, arrive at Aggie's house with Luke and they go into the house and Aggie's house is all gray. The gray spell has taken over at her house. Aggie is like, they're there to look for the second copy of the book. So they don't know where it is. And so then we get this like super sped up scene where they're looking for the book and the score like slaps. Like it's (laughs) so like whimsical and funny. Um, But they can't find it. No. And... Uh, Aggie sort of just like sits down and looks very like she's given up and Marnie's like grandma we can't just like give up there's got to be something to get us out of this trap a spell or something and as she's talking Luke becomes ungray. yeah he his cool red orange outfit comes back as does his goblin hair and nose and they're not sure why this happened yeah and their theory is like maybe it's like it wears off over time, but it is weird because nothing else is right, on gray. Right, They don't know why that happened. So then Aggie is thinking about the spell book and she says, perhaps it's lost. And Marnie is like, oh my God, that's terrible. Like, it's lost? Like, what are we going to do? And then Aggie says, no, no, if it's lost, I know just where it is. Because mm-hmm. remember, everything lost goes to Gort's house. So if it's lost, then it's just at Gort's. Right. And Aggie calls Gort the junk man of the universe. (laughs) Iconic. Yep. So meanwhile, Sophie and Dylan are telling Gwen uh, what Aggie and Marnie think Cal did. They're like, we think this guy who was here like took um, grandma's spell book. And Gwen is, you know, kind of forming a relationship with Cal's dad. And she's like, I don't want to believe this. But she's also just like, I think this family needs to start starting with like, simple explanations rather than jumping to these dark conclusions like we can't use magic and warlocks to explain just like things going missing that's too dramatic right um she's like cal seems great and so does his father and just then alex comes in and he is dressed as a frog interesting halloween is about being something other than yourself so if you're a frog (laughs) why are you dressing up like a frog right but they don't know he's a frog. Yeah. But Dylan does look uneasy when he sees his costume choice. <laughs> yeah, it's like something more discreet in case people are already on to you, man. Yeah. Um, and he's like, oh, Gwen, I brought you a great mask for the party. And he takes out this like hideous. Hideous. It looks kind of like a devil. It's like green with piercing red eyes and red hair and a really creepy, sinister grin. I know. And Gwen's like, oh, Uh, I would be like, don't you want me to look hot for our date? Like, I'm going to look disgusting. I know. And then he sees her face and he's like, oh, you don't like it. And she's like, no, no. Like, duh, she doesn't like it. Yeah. What woman is going to be like, yes. (laughs) Yeah. And now we hear that Gwen, Miss Stricty Pants USA, 
has yeah. it slipped her mind that there's no one to watch Sophie if she goes to this dance, which that's the first thing I thought of. I'm not a mother. Well, flirting will do that to you though. True. It she's fallen she's fallen for Alex. Yeah. Um she was busy thinking about boys. Boys. And then Dylan is reluctantly like, Mom, it's fine. You go, I'll watch Sophie. And Gwen's like, but Dylan, like, you've been wanting to go to this dance for weeks. Like, you've been really looking forward to this. And then this is when Dylan's like, Mom, like, you actually have a date. I don't. Dylan got rejected by multiple girls. It's so sad. He says that one girl laughed so hard that milk came out her nose. (laughs) Dylan is cute. Like, enough with the Dylan hate. I know. And it's way harsh. But then I was reflecting on it. I mean, I would never have acted this way in, like, high school or middle school. But I was thinking about how, like, I was super mean to boys in elementary school. And I remember that dad literally had to tell me in second grade when I was, like, bragging about being so mean to this boy who had a crush on me. (laughs) Dad literally was like, Sarah, um, so boys actually, like, have feelings, too. And Wait, I was like, what? Huh? No, they don't. I know. I, I literally was like, oh, interesting. I never thought of it that way. Oh, so I do. I do understand that. Like when you're a little like I thought of this, I, I had this memory the other day. And I'm like, Sarah, that's so mean. In fifth grade, I had to do this play where I had to hold hands with a boy. And I made a big production with my friends of like after the scene, we would run to the bathroom and I'd like scrub my hands to be like, ew, which is like, that's so that's mean so girl energy. But I think I just at that age was like boys are disgusting everyone knows this not thinking like that's really hurtful to him <laughs> that's very hurtful that's so mean so you should apologize i'm issuing a public DM apology to him. <laughs> no we actually like we're friends later so he's fine oh but that is super mean yeah um uncool of me but yeah boys have feelings too justice for dylan he's cute so dylan is babysitting sophie the mom's out on her hot date and dylan's like sophie bed and she goes don't make me laugh yeah no i would not have if you were ben told me to go to bed i would have been like what no yeah, it's like you're the boss of me yeah i wouldn't have respected your babysitting rules no, no offense we're peers yeah so meanwhile in halloween town aggie marnie and luke get to gort's house and aggie warns them before they go inside she's like gort is smelly and foul and she dirty says, she describes gort as the foulest meanest smelliest inhabitant in all of Halloween Town. <laughs> Me! <laughs> Relatable! Put it in your hinge bio. <laughs> um, yeah, so they're prepared for that, but because of the gray spell, he's all boring and clean and gray, and he's wearing a suit, and he talks really slow and weird. He talks like, I have several books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his place is all clean and organized, which they're actually like, oh, this could work in our favor. Um, So Gort is sorting socks while they're looking at his book section, but they're not seeing the spell book. Mm -hmm. And this is when Gort reveals, because he's so clean now, he's like, well, I sold uh, all the books that I thought were uninteresting at a yard sale. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, crap. Or not uninteresting. He sold all the fun books and kept all the practical books, which are like, oh, you're right. How to make a souffle. You're exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, oh, this is so bad. And then Aggie's hands start turning gray. Yeah. The gray spell is getting Aggie. Ah, Not good. And Luke's like, we got to get out of here. Like, I feel like the spell is like prominent here. So we got to leave. Yeah. And he runs to the door to Gort's house, but it's locked. They can't get out. And the gray spell is spreading over Aggie's whole body. And she feels like her powers are draining. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we see Cal's face. He's in the fire, in the fireplace. Very Harry Potter. Yeah. And he reveals that, like, he's cast a spell to keep them trapped at Gort's. And he's like, I could keep you guys trapped in here with a toothpick, like, bragging about his powers. Yeah. 
And he's like, Marnie, like, we still have time to go to that dance. Like, everyone's going, even your mom. Yeah. And Marnie's like, leave my mom alone. Yeah. And Cal is, like, probing Marnie about, like, let's go to the dance. And she's like, I'm not going anywhere with you. And then she says, I'm in control of my own future, and it doesn't include you. And they did a TikTok the other day of, like, Marnie, like, saying this line. And then, like, her fiancé, who is Cal Cal in this movie, like, appearing behind her. And she's like, oh, like, yikes, he was my future. And it was so so cute. So cute. I know. I know. He also says about his dad, he's like, well, he's not really my dad. He's more of a science experiment. Because obviously we know that Alex can't be his dad because Calabar's his dad. Right. So it's like, what is Alex? Like what we've alluded to is frog vibes. He's, but. he's frog vibes. Yeah. More on that soon. More on that soon. Cal basically like, this is where he reveals that like, he plans to turn the humans into like something. Like he like alludes to like, something is about to happen to the humans at the dance. Yeah. And he's like, we got your mom into a mask. That's a real scream. Yeah. And it's menacing. So yeah, after Cal uh, like disappears from the fireplace. Yeah. Aggie is like, I'm scared. He's going to do the creature spell based on what he was saying. And she's like, that's also in my spell book. It was banned after the dark times. And it was used on humans who mocked us by dressing up like creatures Mm -hmm. to turn them into the creatures they were dressed as, which like it's Halloween. Everybody's going to be dressed up like a creepy creature. Um, And then Luke spells it out for us. I think this line was in the trailer. He's like, he turned the creatures into humans. And now he's going to turn the humans into creatures. It's not a bad lesson in empathy. No. To have to become the thing you're making fun of. I agree. Sophie is reading the Halloween Town book that we saw in the first movie. Mm-hmm. And she's reading about golems. And she's telling Dylan, she's like, okay, they're built entirely from mud or other elements. And they have no will of their own. And they just have to do whatever their creator tells them to do. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I think Alex is a golem made of frogs. Uh-huh. And she's like, we have to go save mom. And Dylan's like, I'm not ruining mom's date. Like, that's crazy. And Sophie's like, Dylan, you're a Cromwell too. And I know that you feel stuff just like we do. And I know that you know something's off with this guy. Yep. And then he's like, okay, fine. We'll go just for a bit, just to check on them. Mm Mm-hmm. And then we do have some cultural appropriation. Yep. yep. Because Dylan does wear, for his costume, a poncho and a sombrero. Yep. Classic 2001 energy. Yep. Back at Gort's house, uh, Marnie is like, there must be another way to undo spells other than just saying them backward. And she's like, you know, like, computer hackers look for backdoors and programs. And she says, I wonder if spells have backdoors. And Luke is like, oh, you mean like a way to weasel out of a spell without actually breaking it? And Marnie's like, yeah, like, for example, like, take this spell that Cal has on us to be, like, trapped uh, inside here. She's like, what if we went somewhere other than outside? And she's like, what if we time traveled? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Aggie is turning gray fast. She's getting interested in folding socks. Yep. Yeah. She's becoming pretty boring. And Marnie is like, goes up to her and it's like, Grandma, can you write down your time travel spell before you, like, turn gray? (laughs) And Aggie's trying, but she's so, so weak. And she's like, Oh, and then she like turns fully gray, but Marnie did get the spell. It's blurry, but she can make it out. Yeah. Um, and this, yeah. uh, this one is Welsh. I, yeah. I found, um, like a, a thread on, I think it was like moviechat.org. It was some super strange website, but they, they said that Marnie's pronunciation is horrible, but they did know it was Welsh <laughs> and they worked it out and they're like, it probably translates to something like 
all the days before today, we request that you neither keep nor record, which is kind of cool because it is a time travel spell. Um, And it sounds, I'm going to do a horrible job, but it sounds kind of like, something, something, and then it ends with, and it's Welsh, I guess. So Marnie recites the spell. And she and Luke then see themselves mm-hmm. standing like five feet away saying stuff they had just said earlier about the gray spell. So they traveled only like five minutes into the past. Yeah. So they know it works, but it didn't work as well as they want. They tried again. This time they transport to like caveman times and they're like, too far back, too far back. Um, <laughs> if you could time travel, where would you want to go? Oh, OK. So I've thought about this now. This is complicated because... I think this time period would be really horrifying and scary for a lot of reasons. So I wouldn't want to like stay, but yeah. I really want to go to like the middle ages and like see what's up mm. and like, I don't know, just like go to like an apothecary. I just want to see like the creepy witchy vibes that was going on then. And then also like the Renaissance, but like, yeah. you know, it, any time besides like modern time was like weird to be a woman. So I, know. I wouldn't want to stay, but I want to like see what's up and maybe dress like a man. If I could literally go, but like not have to live there, just like almost be invisible and walk around, then I would literally want to go to like literally like caveman times. You would? Well, I just want to see what it what was going on. Okay, because- But what- I don't want to be like, f- like physically there. Like I want to just like see and then be able to leave. Okay, I do get that. Cause like when I see like even this silly scene where they go to caveman times- It scares me. No, literally it gives me a primal fear. Cause I think I just thinking about the world when the world was so like dark and like quiet and like there weren't a lot of humans, it fills me with dread. I know. And it does. it's scary. The I w- abyss of time is very scary. The other day I was at um, a walking tour of New York and there's a tree in Washington Square Park that's 400 years old. Oh God. And I was like, that's so creepy. Like that tree was there like during such creepy times. Dude, so scary. After going to literal caveman times, um, Marnie says the spell again, and now she's back at Gort's, but Luke is gone, Mm -hmm. and her grandmother's gone, but she sees Cal, and he's like, oh, I just did a simple limbo spell to take Aggie and Luke offline for a little while. And Marnie's like, stop breaking into my spells, Cal. It's against the Code of Merlin. And he's like, Marnie, nobody cares about the Code of Merlin anymore, like, keep up mm-hmm. and he says why do you want to hang around these moldy old creatures anyways which i don't get because i thought his whole thing was that the moldy creatures had been discriminated against i'm like don't you want everyone to come together cal like yeah. that's your thesis statement i think he honestly though is like more interested like i think he only respects like really powerful people like i think mm-hmm. like a pumpkin head that's like living a sweet life. He's like, fuck them. He's like, I want the warlocks and the witches and the powerful yeah, beings. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of his point, but yeah. I think he's willing to like use that um, rhetoric of like, we all deserve freedom to get what he wants and then he would be an asshole. Right, right. Yeah, and Marnie's like, those creatures are my friends. Like, I that's why I care because I care about them. And he's like, well, your mom's about to become a moldy old creature. And she's like, oh no. And then... He just vanishes. He says, bye. And then he like waves. It's so weird. (laughs) Yeah. So Marnie says the time travel spell again, and she's back at Gort's before the gray spell. So it's super messy. There's stuff everywhere. And Gort, I guess, smells horrible. 
He's literally me. He's like, what are you doing in my house? He, okay, this actor is so good. Like, I love this actor. Cause like clean court and messy court are night and day and he like nails both. He's so good. Messy court is such a vibe. I love him. His music is, I mean, his house is such a vibe. Um, and he does have his own like theme music. That yeah, plays. it's like rock. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and now Marnie has Luke uh, back by her side. And Gort uh, is like, get out of my house. Like Nora mentioned, he wants them to leave. Mm -hmm. And Marnie tries to sweet talk him yeah. by being like, you know, my grandmother Aggie calls you the, like what you said earlier, like the foulest citizen in Halloween <laughs> yeah. Town. And he goes, that's very sweet. I hate sweet. <laughs> <laughs> icon, icon. Yeah, so he's basically, get out of my house. But Marnie has one more idea on her way out. She's like, well, Gort, it was so nice seeing your place while it's still messy. He's like, what are you he, talking about? He goes, what? <laughs> right. He literally screams when she tells him, like, in the future, this guy, Cal, is going to make your place clean. He's he's not okay with that. Not at all. He, yeah. He really screams. Back in the mortal world, Sophie and Dylan are flying to the dance on a broom. Yeah. And it's still bad special effects, but honestly, it's better than the first it's one. It's better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Sophie hasn't properly learned to fly yet so she's bad at it so they're like going all around cuckoo very crazy very dangerous yeah. what if sophie like flew too far up and like i know this is dangerous um and marnie and luke are searching gort's messy house for the spell book because now that they've told him like you should really let us look because then we can help you not have your house turned clean so he's yep. like fine look and luke asks if gort has a filing system and he says of course i do i keep all my scabs under the porch <laughs> He is a legend. <laughs> yeah. Then Marnie comes across Spike. This part was very triggering oh, to me. Gosh. Spike is a dog-sized roach who oh. wears a collar. Oh, God, he's bad. I know. And, like, New Yorkers, it's like we have our rats and we have our roaches. And, like, I'm not that freaked out by rats, but roaches, ew, 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 ew. I'm so disturbed. <sighs> so this was really disturbing to me yeah. because Gort picks Spike up and, like, rubs his stomach. It's gross. But then Gort all of a sudden is like, wait, okay, this book you're looking for, like, was it this? Was it leather? Did it have this phrase on it? And Marnie's like, oh my God, yes, 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 you remember. And he's like, I do remember. I sold it to Calabar 50 years ago. Oh, God. We've hit another dead end. And Marnie's like, that's terrible. And then she's like, Cal has definitely like, he already had the book. He The only reason he needed our copy or like, yeah, the one he just stole is to keep us from undoing the spell. Uh -huh. He thought of everything. Yep. And they're like, crap, this is really, really bad. Um, at the Halloween dance in the mortal world, Dylan and Sophie arrive. And Sophie and Dylan approach Gwen. And she's like, what are you guys doing here? And Dylan says, we're just rocking to the beat. And he starts dancing really badly. Oh. And then she says, how did you even get here? And Sophie makes a little flying motion with her hand. Mm -hmm. And Gwen's like really mad. Yep. And she needs to yell at them in private. So she's like, Alex, would you mind going to get us some drinks? And he leaves. And this is when Sophie tells her, like, Cal's real dad isn't Alex. It's Calabar. Mm -hmm. And Gwen is really skeptical. She's like, so what are you saying? Alex is just, like, a paid actor? And then Sophie goes, I think he's a golem made of frogs. <laughs> yeah. But Gwen is like, oh, please. And I'm like, but, like, you know about magic, Gwen. Like, it's not so unbelievable. No, it's really not. And then we cut back to Gort's house where Marnie is quickly losing all hope. Mm -hmm. And Luke reminds her, like, you know, we did get the spell to wear off of me somehow. Yeah. And she's like, I think it just wore off. And he's like, no, because no one else has changed back. Like, clearly you said something. 
And um, Marty's like reciting what she said, something to get us out of this trap, a spell or a charm. And then Luke's like, you didn't say charm. I know you didn't. And then um, he's like, maybe you said something backwards. Yeah. And they're thinking and they're writing it down. And then Luke points out trappa. He's like, what? That is a part backwards. Like, maybe that's it. And she's like, it's one word. And he's like, <laughs> do spells have to be long? And she's like, no. And so she says, um, a part. And then uh, Gort turns back to gray. So yeah. they, they figured out the spell. Yeah. It's... um. Apart makes them turn gray. Trappa makes them turn back to colorful and bash their normal selves. Right. It's pretty cool. And this is an awesome moment where it's like, she, Luke really came in handy here. Like, yeah. without him, this would have taken her way longer. Yeah. Okay, so they figured out how to crack the gray spell, but they only have 15 minutes left until midnight. Um, and Marnie is like, okay, let's go back to the present day. But she is like, wait, where's the scrap of paper with the time travel spell? And she's like, oh, I left it over there on that table when we were searching for the spell book. And Gort is like, that's not good. And she's like, why? And he's like, well, because if it's lost here, mm-hmm. then it's gone forever. Yeah. Because everything lost everywhere else is here. If it's lost at my place, it's poof. Oh, yep. And Luke is like, please tell me you remember that spell. And she doesn't. So she's trying to remember it, but it's going terribly. All she does is turn Gort's hair blonde. Mm-hmm. So that's really bad. Back in the mortal world at the Halloween party, Sophie wants to convince her mom that Alex is a golem made of frogs. Uh (laughs) So she starts taunting him being like, I saw someone dressed up like a fly. And then she conjures up like an actual fly Mm -hmm. and it starts uh, flying in front of Alex and he's following it with his eyes, like Uh looking really hungry. Yeah. And then he reaches out his amphibian tongue and he gets the fly and um, Gwen's like, you're not human. <laughs> and then he goes, nobody's perfect. <laughs> He's so real for that. <laughs> and Gwen is so pissed about this that she does a spell on him. And he, yeah, the magic is gone and he becomes the pile of frogs that he yep. really truly is. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what's going on with Alex. <laughs> and now Gwen is on board to help the kids. She believes that Calabar's son is here and back. Um, so she's down to help. Yeah, and she calls Marnie on the headphones, um, but there is like a voicemail that comes up and it says, your party is currently out of this dimension. If you'd like to leave a message, your party will receive it in approximately 400 years. (laughs) Yeah, rough. That's not good. Nope. Marnie is still trying to remember this time travel spell and she keeps just conjuring up lawn gnomes by mistake. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and Gort is like, wait, 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 let's just use my timeline. It's like, Gort, you couldn't have said that earlier. I know. It's a little bit like, hmm, convenient. And he says, we use this to keep track of what year it is in the mortal world. Um, and he opens a door and it kind of looks like a pixelated vortex with numbers swirling on it. Uh, there's like, yeah, years kind of like all throughout this like vortex looking thing. It does look super uh, trippy and cheesy. And I know that some people might be like, this is some pixel perfect shit, but I'm going to be honest. Like I liked this part a lot as a kid. So I still like it now. Yeah. Nostalgia bias. I think it's fine. Yeah. I don't, I think, yeah. I don't think it's as bad as pixel perfect at all. Okay, good. I don't either. Yeah. And then Marnie is like, that looks just like a Stephen Hawking description (laughs) of a non-stellar black hole. Whoa, with the Stephen Hawking reference. It really took me out of this. I was like, whoa. I was like, huh? This is more of a decom. Let's not bring up like hard science. No. And she's like, theoretically, black holes can accelerate time. 
Okay, woman in STEM. I know. What? How does she know? I know. Um, and Gort is like, you just have to follow the fastest moving timeline and then you can get back to the present. And Marnie has this tiny little broom that she keeps in her bag that like magically expands. Again, not a very magical broom. Yes, but better than the first. It is better than the first. So I have to give it that. It, they, It looks more magical. It's like modern still, but looks better than the first. It does. It, it almost is a little bit like the Harry Potter, like Nimbus 2000. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like that, but it is very like metallic. There's handlebars on it, which I'm like, come on. Yeah, it, it's odd. So Luke is a little freaked out. He's like, goblins don't fly. Marnie's like, I got you. So he hops on the back and they fly off into this vortex black hole thing. And Marnie's mm-hmm. like, we are out of here. Yep. Meanwhile, Sophie, Dylan, and Gwen are like looking for Cal at the Halloween dance. Yeah. And Gwen says she's going to keep her mask on so Cal doesn't recognize her, which is not good. She doesn't know the creature spell is coming. Right. And then we pan up to Cal is at the dance. He's like... Up in the rafters. Yeah, in the rafters. And he's like, the creature spell. And so the fun begins. And um, then we cut back to Marnie and Luke are flying through the timeline. And Marnie, Luke's like, we're never going to make it back. Like, we're still in the 1600s. And there's like five minutes and the portal (laughs) closes. And then Marnie sees a black hole. And she's like, I think if we go through that, it'll be faster. So it's implied that they're going to go through this black hole. And the mortals are counting down until midnight at the party. And Gwen is still looking around for Cal. And then she spots him up in the rafters. And he sees her looking at him and he hits her with like a bolt of magical lightning and her mask, which she didn't have on at this point, Mm -hmm. it like falls down back over her face really like forcefully and then she can't get it off. It's stuck. Yep. Um, So that's really scary. Cal starts saying the creature spell and he says, by wind, by rain, by fire, by earth, with this spell, I will avenge their cruel jokes at our expense. Like... (laughs) honestly fair honestly fair but it's also like cruel jokes it's a bit much depends on the joke is i guess we are appropriating their culture with our i know like how would you feel if people just said about like if you're a witch and people just were like oh you have warts and you're ugly yeah and you're mean i'd be like well i don't have warts and i'm not ugly and i'm not mean so jokes on you okay (laughs) fair so yeah cal is doing his spooky little spell Marnie and Luke make it back to the present day. They take the spell off Aggie. It works. They're conjuring up the portal. Marnie's like, I'm going to make it. But the portal is closing before her eyes. And she, like, puts her hands, like, in the wall as it's, like, closing on her. And she's like, Mom. <laughs> it's sad. It's really sad because the it's portal dark. closes. And it's midnight now. I know. She's like, shit, what am I going to do? <laughs> no. <laughs> um. So Cal is successful. Yeah. And everyone at the dance becomes their costume. Yeah. Including Gwen. She turns into like a hideously scary monster with huge green claws. Yes. Honestly, rewatch the film just to see this. It's really scary. And I loved that he was successful because I did want to see what it looked like. I had forgotten. No, it's like a, it is a cool concept. Yeah. And Cindy, who was dressed like a vampire, the girl who was mean to Dylan, she's now actually a vampire. So she's like chasing Dylan. She's like, I'm thirsty. I know. Scary. And then we see a pumpkin head just moving menacingly because what do pumpkin heads do? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the pumpkin heads. <laughs> um, and Marnie's like, OK, this is all my fault. Like, there's got to be something we can do. And Aggie is so defeatist, to be honest. She's like, rules are rules. The portal's closed. I know. I'm like, your daughter just got turned into a hideous beast. Like, can we see a tear? 
I know. And then Marnie's like, no, 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 F that. I'm not giving up. So she calls Sophie on the headphones and she's like, all like, we have to open the portal. Like it hasn't always been there. It was put there by magic. Like we can somehow use magic to open it again. Mm -hmm. And Marnie reaches for Luke's hand and he's like, hey, I'm no warlock. And she's like, I just need someone who believes that anything is possible. Do you believe that? And he goes, if you're there, yeah. <laughs> Aww. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I actually like this spell that they just totally make up. Um, Marnie and Sophie and Aggie and Luke, they say, we call on the dreams of creature and mortal to heal the wound of the world's divide. From now on, we each can create a portal and each of us our own path decide. Kind of like wow. speaking to our current political climate. I know America needs that spell right now. Yeah, it's like don't let the powers that be divide you from your fellow man. Like so true. Unite, choose your own path. It's Think all about just telling the rich. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and just like yeah, recognizing that they uh, thrive when we are all uh, battling amongst ourselves. You know, Jeff Bezos is my cal. Yeah, <laughs> I'll say it. Just girly things. <laughs> um. So Cal sees that they're like like trying to open the portal and he's like what's happening like this is impossible and it works they do it and marnie runs through the now opened portal with aggie and luke cal is like that's impossible he's furious <laughs> and then marnie says i love this part your only power was the power to keep us apart like the spell apart trappa mm -hmm. and now you don't have that power anymore Ooh, kind of deep yep yeah and she says, give me back Aggie spell books. And he has these two spell books in his hands, but he's got like creepy black smoke tendrils like floating all around the books. Yeah. And he's like, take them. I dare you. And, and he also says, dad was right. You're the enemy and you always will be. <laughs> <laughs> so intense. And this part I don't like because it's like implied that Cal is really powerful and dangerous. And it's like, how is Marnie going to get these books back? And she just takes them and she's completely fine. And <laughs> then Cal literally just screams and disappears. I know. And I'm like, what in the world? He was so powerful this whole movie and they didn't do anything to him. And he just gave up and disappeared and screamed. I know. And then Luke says he'll be back. And they say, and we'll be waiting together. Yep. <laughs> he never comes back though. I wish he did. He's such a good villain. <laughs> he is a good villain. So then Aggie says a really crazy spell and the creature spell is reversed. So the humans are all back to being humans and they like don't really remember what happened. Cindy is like, I think I just had a really weird dream. I think what they did is like the audio that they play is actually her saying that spell backwards. Like that's obviously something that would be really hard to do but you can tell by the way it sounds oh like it's reversed in post yes oh. because yeah like it doesn't like line up with her mouth but like the way it sounds sounds similar to like you know how like in twin peaks there's a lot of backwards audio it sounds yeah. like that yeah no because i remember watching it and being very impressed by how she did it so yeah. that makes more sense yeah <laughs> and it's cool because right the whole movie they're like the way to undo a spell is to say it backwards and then you're like oh cool they actually like kept up with that yeah for that part but so funny um and marnie and her mom hug and Marnie's like, you know, you and grandma both have stuff to teach me. And now I don't have to choose because now the portal is open whenever we want. Yep. So that's really cool. That's a cool development. And Aggie is like, I don't know what I'm going to teach you, Marnie. Like, you know more than me. Yeah. Which, like, honestly, true. Like, Aggie was kind of being, like, a flop for this movie. I know. She was like, I can't. I can't with the portal. And then, like, <laughs> a teenage girl did it so easily. I know. Um, and then Gwen is like, oh, yeah. Like, now the kids can come visit you whenever, mom. But then... 
Aggie is like, and I'll come see you for dinner next Halloween. And I'm like, okay, so <laughs> now that the portal is open, like you're still like, I'll see you once Aggie a year. Aggie wanted those boundaries to be there. And now she's like, fuck. I know. <laughs> she's like, oh, now I have an excuse to see Gwen anytime. I'm like, oh my God, their dynamic is so sad. I know. So then they go back to Halloween Town and Sophie is yelling Trappa at everything, restoring everything to color. Mm-hmm. And Luke encourages Dylan to try doing the spell. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he does. And he does Trappa on Benny, the skeleton. And it works. He's back to being a skelly. Love. And the jack-o'-lantern is back. All is well. Halloween Town is filled with color. And then Aggie asks Marnie if the World Wide Web involves spiders <laughs> we need one silly little oh joke oh god and then um marnie has the really cheesy line she's like grandma i think we might need to begin your training too uh, your internet training <laughs> oh god um and then it ends with just like all the halloween town creatures dancing happily <laughs> love okay so a couple fun facts about halloween town too calabar's revenge so when they undo the creature spell, you can see uh, three actresses that are like kind of extras in the background wearing the costumes that the Sanderson sisters wear in Hocus Pocus. Wait, really? Yeah. Oh can- my God, I totally missed it. Yeah, if you look closely, you can see it like right when the gray spell or, yeah, I think it's actually when the gray spell is broken, not the creature spell, but yeah, kind of fun. And then um, according to Daniel Kunst, who again played Cal, um, Jared Padalecki was also up for his role. The guy from, you know, Dean and Gilmore yeah. Girls. Yep. Also from Supernatural. So I thought that was funny. And I'm like, I, he's a good actor, but like, I don't think it would have worked with no, him. No, no. Yeah. I agree. Like Daniel slayed this. So we have the same writers and the same composer, but we do have a new director mm. for the sequel, Mary Lambert. Okay, woman. I know, right? Love. And this is cool. So she's directed a lot of music videos, especially for Madonna. Um, <gasps> oh my God, cool. I know, literally like iconic ones, like Like a Virgin, Material Girl, <gasps> Like a Prayer. Oh my God, she's what an also, honor that those people got to work with her. Isn't that so cool? And yeah. also like, yeah, her resume is crazy. Like Mick Jagger, Sting, Debbie Harry, Motley Crue, Janet Jackson videos. I wonder why she did this. <laughs> I know. Well, I think she does like directing horror. Like she directed mm. um, the 1989 version of Pet Cemetery, which oh. I've never seen. Oh. And according to Daniel Kunst, uh, in an interview he did, he said that she really wanted to push the sequel in a darker direction than the first. And I think and she's succeeded. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, so we touched on it briefly in our Halloween Town episode, but yes, Daniel and Kimberly J. Brown, who plays Marnie, are in fact engaged. They got engaged this past June. And cute. Nora mentioned this a little bit. They post uh, cute TikToks together, a lot of just sweet content. Oh, I love them. And this is fun. So they reconnected uh, after, you know, they filmed this movie. They didn't like have a romantic spark. They lost touch. They reconnected years later when Kimberly asked him to be part of some comedy videos for her YouTube channel. And I have watched this one video. Oh, called, no. It's so bad. It's called Realm. Are they now? Oh, no. And uh, Daniel plays Cal like, you know, in the future. And he's in like a rehab center for like bad warlocks. <laughs> And the quality is so poor. Like, it's worth checking out because it's, like, shockingly bad. But it is also very sweet. I love them both. Oh, yeah. They're icons. Yeah. And Daniel, uh, he does still act here and there, but he is also a realtor now. Um, So, yeah, obviously we've talked about the main cast in our Halloween episode, but a couple people that are new in this film. So Blue Mancuma, he plays Gort and he's fabulous. Mm -hmm. He very much still acts, but I I didn't know him from anything else. And then Peter Wingfield plays Alex, the 
frog slash fake dad, <laughs> the golem. And he, yeah, he still acts, but again, didn't know him from anything else, but he is Welsh. So I wonder if he like knew any of these mm. spells. Um, maybe he could translate on set. Probably not. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how many, like, I feel like it's similar to Ireland. Like not everybody speaks Gaelic, Gaelic slash yeah. Irish. Yeah. It's probably the same with, with Welsh people, yeah. but I don't know. Um, okay, Nora, should we rate the love interest? Like, do you want to do like Marnie and Luke and Marnie and Cal? Yeah, okay. that's what I did. Okay. Um, so for you guys that have listened, you probably know our scale, but just a refresher. So number one is we support this union. Number two is we have some notes. Number three, Lizzie, who are you going to believe? This boy who you are knowing your whole life or this boy who you are just meeting who says you shine like the light from the sun. And then number four, get this person to a therapist stat. Um, so Sarah, what are you giving? Let's do Marnie and Cal first. Okay. Um, so I feel like I was inspired by uh, what you told me in the Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire episode for this one that like some people are beyond therapy. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I feel about Cal. Um so I'm kind of I'm kind of giving it three the Paolo effect because I'm sort of feeling like don't trust charming men who make fun of your bedroom and <laughs> steal your grandmother's spell book. Like, yeah, I feel like Marnie was drawn to how cool he seemed. And uh, he obviously was truly just using her for her family connections. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't really want Cal to go to therapy because he's already a manipulative psychopath. Um, yep. I just want Marnie to be like, let me not fall for that charming BS again. Yeah, I totally get what you're saying. I gave it number four, get this person to a therapist stat. Um, Because, you know, when they say that a psychopath is born and a sociopath is made. And, like, I know that sociopaths, like, can't really be cured, quote unquote. (laughs) But he's so young and I feel like he is the way he is because of his dad. Yeah. Like, I think it's a lot of learned behavior. And since he's so young, I feel like he could benefit from therapy. But Marnie shouldn't be with him now or ever yeah. like just because he needs to like really work on himself and change um but i do think that he's not as hopeless as dimitri yeah. in um mom's, mom's gonna, gonna date. date so i gave it number four that's a compassionate take nora and i think you're right and i also will say that in realm are they now he is reformed so okay love <laughs> he just needed a warlock rehab and now marnie and luke okay so i gave it i support this union cautiously yes because i do really like them together i really like luke as a character i just think that he's a little bit insecure um i could see if him and marnie were together him always being like are you sure you like me like i'm a loser like i'm a goblin yeah um and so i could just see like her getting annoyed with his insecurity and like constantly feeling like she has to validate him yeah but i do like them together I think, like, I could see them being a really good couple. I just worry about Luke's state, like, insecurity and stuff and his self-esteem, like, making the relationship hard. Yeah. But I do, I support it. I've always loved Luke as a character. I love him as a character, too. And, like, honestly, it's one of the things that I wish we saw more of in the movie. Like, we don't really, there's obviously something there, but it's not really fully explored. And Mm -hmm. I wish we got more of it. Because I'm, I'm giving it we support this union, but I would say also cautiously just because I feel like I don't have enough information. Yeah. Um, but I feel like if Marnie starts hanging out in Halloween Town more, yeah, I really support them hanging out more. I feel like he was a great companion and really helped her through this movie, like kept her sane, kept her grounded. It's funny because like I feel like at points when she wanted to give up, he didn't let her and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they make a really good team. Um, Nora, what's your favorite quote? Okay, so my favorite quote is... 
when I think it's Marnie says, your only power was the power to keep us apart. And now you don't have that power anymore. I had the exact same, Nora. Love, and that's a Marnie quote, right? Yes. Okay. Um, so if this movie was a Zodiac sign, I have to go with Aquarius because this film is really all about thinking outside the box. It's about the back door of spells, believing that you can always, you know, zoom out a little and see the bigger picture of a problem. And if you are smart enough to think of something your opponent didn't think of, you're really kind of unstoppable. And yeah, Aquarians are just so clever in that way. They're your puzzle and problem solvers. Their minds just work in a different way. And they're also total humanitarians and peacemakers. And this movie is really about no longer accepting the status quo of that portal, that divide. Um, you know, Marnie's like, no, there has to be another way. And yeah, she's really just thinking outside the box, but also thinking about like, how do I uh, bridge this divide between people? Um, so that to me was very Aquarius. Um, Nora, what was your rose? Um, so my rose was the creature spell storyline. I just, I liked that storyline. I liked the idea of the creature spell. And then also just Cal as a villain. I thought that he was, um, the acting was really good and he was a really compelling villain in the story. I completely agree. And yeah, I mean, mine is sort of similar, like very similar to how we felt about the Twitches movies, just my rose was basically the plot being so much more developed. Yeah. I felt like we needed the first to kind of set up the world for us. But then this, we got to really dive into these more interesting spells. It was much darker. And I completely agree. Cal was just far and away a better villain than Calabar. Um, he was like genuinely evil and mischievous. Yeah. Um, I love the spells. So yeah, long winded, but really similar to yours. Just the more intricate plot. I yeah. I think was my rose. Yeah, yeah, Um, And then my thorn was... This is kind of picky, but like Gwen regressing, like I feel like she like came to this conclusion at the end of the first that she was like kind of pro Halloween town and wanted to train her daughter. And I just feel like she was back to being exactly the same in the first one. Yeah. And I was like in the second one, um, it was almost like the first movie didn't even happen. And I just was like confused. Like I'm like, why did she change again so quickly? Um, Completely that's agree. That's kind of nitpicky, but that was my thorn. No, I think that's really fair. My thorn was definitely Cal's defeat. I <laughs> hated how easy it was for Marnie yeah. to, yeah, like she grabbed those books from him so easily when it seemed like it was implied, like this is gonna be so dangerous. Right, yeah. Yeah, and like just throughout the movie, I feel like they really set it up nicely how powerful he is. Um, and then at the end, he just like gives up for no reason. Like I get that they foiled his plans, but I think it, it very much felt like we're running out of time in the movie, so he has to go away. Yeah. Didn't feel like there were, like, I'm like, okay, one possibility for how they could have handled this better, because I feel like if you're going to criticize, you need to have a better option. You know, like, I feel like there's all this stuff throughout the movie of him breaking the code of Merlin. It's like, okay, maybe there's a consequence for that. Maybe he has to go to Warlock jail, or maybe, like, right. his magic is, I don't know, dimmed from that. I just mm -hmm. feel like it was so unsatisfying how Cal yeah. got defeated. Like, it was satisfying how they undid his work, but, like, then why does he just quit so that does bring us to our overall rating mm. i think okay i guess it's maybe my turn to go first yeah. so i gave it a b plus i i honestly think it would have been an a minus for me if we'd gotten a more satisfying conclusion with cal because that was really the only thing that felt like pretty wonky to me because i do just think that the plot is really cool and really unique um especially compared to halloween town to me it's just definitely better than halloween town 
love Cal as a villain, but yeah, to me, they just phoned it in a little bit at the end. So I had to deduct points for that. But no, I mean, I love this movie. I think it's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love it too. I also gave it a B plus. Um, I think why it wasn't an A for me is even though the plot was so much better in the second one, it was felt like it was so they had expanded on the plot from the first one to me because it was again like the main character wanted to rejoin the mortal world and instead of making the characters grouchy he just made them boring like (laughs) it was there were so many similarities that I even though it was super inventive if the first one hadn't been like so similar I would have given it more credit yeah I a little bit thought Aggie lost a little bit of her magic in this one and that was a little bit of a thorn for me um so I didn't think it was quite a quality but I liked it better than Halloween Town, and I thought it was great. And yeah, B plus felt right. Yeah. Um, should we do our drinking game rules? Yes. I feel like people do love to rewatch this one. Yeah. So, drink every time someone uses the headphones. Um, drink every time someone turns gray. Drink every time Cal's face appears somewhere sinister. Oh my god, I had that one too. Oh, okay, that's so okay. I have to think of another. Okay. Um, drink every time someone says a spell. Drink every time we see the portal. Drink every time we meet an, a character that wasn't in the first movie. Um, so, Nora, will you allow me to end this episode with sort of like a witchy self-help moment since this is our final Halloween yes, over episode? Of course. Okay, because I know... Listen, I know for most people, Halloween is like just a day where you watch a horror movie, eat some candy, but for me, it's kind of like... You know, it's it's the pagan new year and it really is a time to like set intentions and reflect. And this truly has nothing to do with Disney Channel or podcasting. So if you're like, <laughs> I'm, I've had enough, then this episode can end here for you. But I just love Halloween so much. And I wanted to, yeah, just kind of tie up this long month of spookiness with some with some thoughts. So I've been listening to the uh, Into the Woods cast recording a lot lately, which is kind of spooky. Love. Um, the one with like Sarah Bareilles, the newer one. And I've been thinking about how when I was younger, I really did not appreciate the lesson of the song um, finale slash children will listen. (laughs) And just about how like that song is really about how the stories we tell, because it's all about fairy tales, the stories we tell about like our culture, it's really easy to think of them as just like incontrovertible truth. But really reality is so much more malleable than we realize and this is something that comes up a lot in like if you're into at all like setting intentions or any of that witchy stuff basically the things we tell ourselves about who we are or what we're capable of they're not facts and they can be changed at any time so on this halloween i challenge you to just think about any beliefs you hold about again who you are or what you're capable of that you think of as truth that might be holding you back and that maybe you can reframe or even completely let go of just shift your perspective and to bring it back to halloween town to calabar's revenge (laughs) you can think of it as kind of like hacking into the back door of that spell because to bring it back to into the woods the lyric that i've been obsessed with recently is careful the tale you tell that is the spell so in other words just thoughts and words have power and the tales you've maybe been telling yourself your whole life the spells you've been casting on yourself without even realizing it you can choose to undo them at any time and step into a better perspective for yourself oh i love that sarah that's beautiful (laughs) thank you that's my witchy self-help halloween oh my god thank you for that of course that was gorgeous. Thank you guys so much for uh, sticking through Monstober with us. Wasn't yeah, that fun, Nora? it was so much fun. Oh my God, we had the best time. We love the spooky month. Um, yeah, and we'll be 
getting back into kind of our regular scheduled programming next week. Mm -hmm. Um, But we hope you guys have the best Halloween. Yes, happy Halloween, you guys. Happy Halloween. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye, guys. Woo! Woo!